This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We're yet here uh, standing before you, humbly before our maker, and uh, sharing with you the same series we've been in for some time, the Living Truth series, but now we're in part four, which will lead us into the new year. Amen. And God's going to, amen, graciously get us there. Part four is in pursuit of heaven's purpose. So I'm going to be reading today from choice scriptures, uh, mainly from Joshua chapter one. Uh, There are some other verses of scripture. I'm going to give you four very important nuggets regarding our holy faith. And our church has a charge that Jesus gave us. He's going to renew that charge, sort of like renewing our vows, so to speak. So if you will find me in Joshua chapter 1. Let's look at Joshua. Amen. Bear with me a few moments, and we're going to go through this. God has something to say to this church. Amen. Joshua 1, verses 1 through 9, the scripture says, Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' minister, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, thou and all this people, unto the land which I do give to them, even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given unto you. As I said unto Moses, From the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. There shall not any man be able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land, which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. 
We thank God for the word, for it is blessed. And uh, we thank God for how our church has withstood the course of time thus far. And I have many stories, some serious, some humorous, how God showed forth that he is with us. Amen. Yehovah Shammah. I thank God. Just one quick story. Amen. Uh, at one point, a hurricane was due to hit the island uh, a couple of years back. And we only got some of the coarse winds, which uh, beat up trees, slapped billboards and signs down. And uh, our previous location in uh, Patchogue Village, uh, we had a sign uh, that was put up according to the specs we thought, but then the town got a little beside themselves and uh, they made us take our sign, sign down but left the other ones up of the other in, uh, establishments, which were not churches. My God, um, but it, was, it seemed as if we were getting picked on. Uh, so we were able to put our big decal type sign on the inside of our window where the, 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 the weather could not, you know, hit it. It was protected on the inside, warm and dry with us inside. Amen. So God made me to go. He said, uh, he put an urgency in my heart just to check the church, making sure water had not gone under the door, whatever, whatever. So I get there just in time. Isn't it like God that everybody that seemingly was not was not on our side, but was on the town side. They were on their hands and knees picking up the, the pieces of their sign as I opened my door. And I had to I said, gentlemen, how you doing? They were like, how you doing? How you doing? I, said, yeah. I rushed in because I started to laugh. I said, Lord, you are funny. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he maketh me, amen, to have strong hind legs, to get up the mountain, to make my journey. Amen. And along the way, sometimes he'll have to spank this person and that person if they are bothering us, if they are in the way of our, you know, what our favor has called us to have. Amen. And, and, and God, he knows the heartstrings of your heart. He knows how to tune them. He knows when you're sad, when you're downtrodden. He feels what you feel. Amen. He's partner with our pain. Didn't he say he's our yoke fellow? Amen. And here we are today. We yet have a passion for trusting God, even in the most minute things, God, amen, shows himself strong. And uh, even more so in the big things, thank God. So let us look at this thought, that God is going to breathe newness in our spirit. It's called a renewed passion to trust God. Let's share that thought. A, a renewed passion, what? To trust God. God. All of us are here today because God is our author. Amen. He's the author. And not only that, he's going to finish. He doesn't start something then and leave it hanging haphazardly. But no, he's a good finisher, isn't he, though? He's marvelous. He does marvelous work. It was marvelous what? In our eyes. Amen. So we thank God for that. And uh, he's here uh, with us. He brought you here. He knew the chapter of your life would bring you right here where we all are right now. Amen. He knew what he would have me speak on right here and right now. Amen. <laughs> he knows how to prepare hearts to receive what he has given for me to say right here and right now. We're where we're supposed to be. This is heaven's purpose. Amen. And we're all in pursuit, I hope, of heaven's purpose. Amen. So let's look at this this scripture, I'll give you a concise outline 
Um, this is covering the life of Moses from 1445 A.D. through about 1405 A.D. So you count backwards as we're approaching the time of Jesus' birth. So about 40 years. You know, Moses had a, a, a 340s. But we have to be careful how we say that outside if we're talking outside in the outside ministry. Amen. <laughs> 40 years, 40 years, 40 years. Amen. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. So, amen. This is the latter in the third 40, and he has come to the demise of his earthly life. But we know he's going to live on with Jesus because even in the transfiguration, uh, choice disciples were with Jesus. They saw him transfigured, and he was with uh, one of the people he was with was Moses. Amen. Thank God for that. So this is the first season of faith for the people of God, Moses' career. And now we see the baton being handed to Joshua at around 1405 A.D. through 1390 A.D., uh, the second season of faith. Uh, so the first season of faith was with Moses, and now they're with Joshua, the younger follower of Moses, and going forward into the promised land. Moses was not allowed to go in. He was able to see it, but couldn't go in. He had some situations in his life, some challenges of obedience, and we know that sin brings with it a price. Amen. Uh, we, we, we get a spanking sometimes. God may let us go in, but uh, there's going to be a spanking somewhere. Amen. Sometime. My God, he, he forgave him, but he still had to pay a certain price. Isn't that something? And uh, some of us today are being taught that there's nothing else to be paid that there's no more need of forgiveness. You don't got to repent anymore. Jesus did all that already. Why are you repenting? Get up. Let's move these altars out of here. And as a matter of fact, let's check the hymn book for anything that's saying sin and repent. Rip that out. No. Wow. So we could feel big and bad to do whatever we want, whatever we want to do, and however we want to do it. We're going to do whatever's right, what, in our own eyes. Not, with, not what's right before the eyes of God, whose sight is inescapable. Amen. There's no night and day in him. You can sneak around in the dark, but the darkest dark is the lightest light to God. We can't hide from God. Amen. We need to know that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He set the pillars at the foundation of the formation of the earth, and he's going to, amen, stand secure that the earth is yet his footstool. Amen. He is yet Lord of all creation. Don't pray to the universe. Pray to the one that created the universe. Amen. Thank God. He's Alpha and Omega. Yes. And Moses, he was the Alpha. Now he's moving forward. And Joshua, sort of like a little time frame of Alpha and Omega. But we know time's going to keep going. Amen. But we see the second season of faith. Our church has reached upon a second season of faith. We're, we're in our 18th church anniversary, and God said his spirit is bringing new life for the journey ahead. He said, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge me, and I will direct your path. I will make your paths what straight. Proverbs 3. Amen. He's doing that for us. We must partner in faith uh, with God. And how do we do that? Two things. Uh, by being strong and of a good courage. I like that adjective, good courage. There's all kind of courage. People had courage to try to storm the Capitol, but that wasn't what? Good courage. Amen. Thank God. 
And some people have courage to abuse you, but that's not what? Good courage. Stepping out on what God reveals and reacquaints us with is what we need to be mindful of. God needs to make us strong in his will. And we don't have to fear evil. Even though we walk through the shadow of the valley of death, we can what? Fear no evil. For what? Jehovah Shammah, our God, is there. Amen. He's with us walking through that muddy valley. Amen. And we'll see a plant that really shouldn't be there. What is that? A lily in the middle of the valley. Yes, his name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Anyhow, thank God. So, yes, we got to be strong and have a good courage. And two, uh, if you're going to partner with God in faith, you have to be observant. For what reason? Observant to continue obeying God's word. His word must be alive in us. Hence, we're in this Living Truth series, right? So his word must be alive, being the risen Christ, living where? In us. Amen. Now, I, I have a lot of books, and one of them is the theological word book of the Old Testament. In this scripture that we've read, uh, prosperous, you see that word, and a lot of people teaching a uh, prosperity gospel. That's not what we teach here. Amen. But prosperous, you got to look at that. It denotes being pushed forward. That's what it's denoting. Or enabled to make progress in God's will. God is the enabler. He makes us prosperous by quickening, in other words, making us alive by the Holy Spirit uh, for, for what he has already established in eternity past. He's making us aware of it here as we are encased in this thing called time, the chronos, time, amen. God looks in time. He's not, amen, subject to time. He is what? Eternal. He always was and always what? Will be, amen. He invites us into eternity he came down and stepped down lower than the angels to go into time to save us. Someone divine had to do that. There are laws out there beyond what we could fathom or think in the eternal world. My God, and God knows that Satan was going to hold him accountable. He's got some nerve, right? But he can't be held accountable. And he's looking at God. Yeah, God is yet holy. He's going to not lie. Amen. He's going to do what he came to do, and he'll tell the devil right to his face, this is what I'm going to do, and you can't do anything about it. I'm going to, amen, establish a table before the people you hate, right before your eyes. I'm going to anoint their head with oil. Their cup's going to run over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow them all the days of their life, and they will dwell in the house of me forever. He looks the devil right in the eye and says that. What does the devil do? Like his home, hell, he conceals. Hell means conceal. But God's got his cards, not hidden. He don't have to do this. Don't look at my cards. God said, here are my cards. There's <laughs> nothing you could do. I'm going to beat you. I like being on the winning side because I like the win. Uh, Lisa, no. I play Monopoly. I play it to win. If I feel a win in my spirit, I say, let's play some Monopoly. Come on with it. Uh, and one time, her and my son, they, they, they tag team me. They got me real good. Uh, I owe them for that. Amen. But I saw all right. But I thank God. It's good to have a little fun. You got to laugh, right? Isn't laughter medicine? And this is a good laughter, a, like good courage, good laughter. Amen. We're not raunchy. We're being holy and still laughing. Isn't God good? God has humor in the Bible. Just got to know how to read it. Amen. 
He'll call towns names of what their spanking is all about. Isn't God something? He's got puns. He's got everything <laughs> in the word. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Anyhow. But God is trying to quicken us so we can understand what's going on in eternity so we could get a grip, a grip on understanding, just enough to get us out of uh, uh, the finite world to go into the infinite world, to leave being immortal and what become what? Immortal. God wants to do that for us. He will revive our destined purpose as we commit to his divine sovereign will, the will of his holy word, and the passion of the spiritual gifts he placed in us that match what he has called for us to accomplish. Amen. We are all to become seeds of life that produce what more life. As we speak of the goodness of God and daily experience the overcoming power of his presence in our life, that's how it's going to happen. These experiences are vital and should not be foreign to us. We should have a testimony about it. So many don't have that testimony today. We, we went to church to have fun. Oh, the pastor passed out bagels. One time he passed out, gave back the tithe. Wow, it was great. But what he's doing that he's buying members, amen? Y'all on salary, amen? But we have volunteers who come volitionally to accept God according to our free will to just make up our mind to say yes to the Lord, amen? I'm not going to pay you for that, amen? Thank God. I can't put a price on that anyway. I don't have money for that. Amen. Jesus paid a price I could never pay. Hallelujah. Thank God. I got to pay my tithes and so do you. And I'm not giving them back. You know why? P.S.E.G. said so. Amen. The new carpet y'all shouted hose in said so. Amen. <laughs> Turning that heat and the light on. Amen. Thank God said so. But I, I'm, I'm happy, though. We got to pay bills. This is the earth. Amen. But when we get to heaven, we don't have to have bills. We don't need PSEG. Jesus said, I'm going to light it up. Amen. Heaven going to be lit because of me. Hallelujah. I am the light of the whole universe and beyond. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. You know, we're supposed to be overcome by what? The blood of the lamb. Jesus did something for us, and we got to make good of it. Let's become overcomers through the power of resurrection and also by the words of our testimony. We don't just talk about Jesus from a Sunday school book, but we got to talk about him from our testimony. This is what God has did for me. He did it for me, and he could do it for you. I tell my young people uh, that live with me, my kids, amen, thank God. Uh, I try to tell every young person this. Some will listen, some will not. But you, you can't go out there in the world, in college or wherever you're going to go, and say, well, my, my mommy and daddy said so. They're going to pick that apart, and soon you're going to be following their beat. You know? You can't even say, my, my church said so. My pastor said so. That's not strong enough. But nothing can what? Separate me from the love of God, love of God, right? Amen. If you got a good relationship with the Lord and, and God has got you tied up, tangled up with Jesus, oh, and I've been working this thing for a long time, and I'm what? Not tired yet. And, and nothing is going to, amen, be able to crack in any crevice in that relationship. The devil can't find a hole there. My God, Jesus has repaired every breach in my character, and there's a force field called the shield of faith, and you can't get through it. Hallelujah. 
So you tell them about your Lord, your relationship with the Lord and his holy word, and they can't go through that. Amen? They can't call your mama's boy uh, and make you feel bad. They, they could call you a, a, a God boy, a God girl. So what? Amen. Jesus said they hated me. They're going to hate you. Jesus already told me about that. He said that you would say that. And they'll have the word of God to go back to them. Didn't Jesus give the devil eternal zingers? Turn that into bread. You know you're hungry. You know you're hungry. He said, no, every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's what I'm going to eat. You better get that out of here. I don't need them rocks. I didn't come here to eat rocks, turn them into bread. You must be out your mind. Boy, get out of here. And, and, and look what I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you all this stuff. Uh, the, the earthlings that you're trying to save. I'm the king here. That, that's what they said. That's the law. Now I'm the king here. I'm the prince and pally, ruler of darkness, spiritual wickedness in high places. I'll give you all this stuff. Just bow down to me. He said, no, I only serve God. Only him will I serve. You better get up out of here. See, we got to know what to say back to them demons. You better know the holy word, not just know it intellectually, but know it be all tangled up and tied up in your heart. It has become who you are. You are now the living, breathing, walking word. Matter of fact, I got a compliment from one of my unsaved colleagues. He, he gave an expletive and then he said, you are like a blankety blank walking word. I said, I'll pick that apart and find a compliment in there. Thank you. <laughs> but they know what I, where I stand. He said, isn't there a loophole somewhere in the Bible you can come and hang with us, you know? I said, no, there's no loophole in Jesus. No, matter of fact, you find a loophole when you come from darkness into the light. You come where I am. I'm not going where, where are you at. You got to come where I am. Amen. I've been there already. I've seen that, what it could do to you. Matter of fact, been there, done that, burnt the T-shirt. I don't want it. Hallelujah. I'm not going to wash the T-shirt and save it. No, I don't want nothing to do with it. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Matter of fact, when I got my, my real woman, I burnt up all the old notes and pictures. I don't need y'all. Burn them. I got my real one right here. My true love. Hallelujah. Anyhow. I got folks got Rolodex in their phone. Here's who I used to date. Here's, oh, I got my first love right there. I say, what? Shouldn't you get rid of those things? I walked with the devil before. No, I don't need him. Tired his smelly breath. No, get out of my face. Loose here in the name. Get thee what? Behind me, Satan, in Jesus' name. Lord God, I've been testifying. Y'all got to pray for me after this message because you know the devil going to try to get me back for saying that. But you know what? God is my protector, my provider. I don't have to fear evil for what? God is what? With me. His rod and staff shall comfort me. Hallelujah. Thank God. Thank God. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. He's good. He's good. Oh, oh I got a testimony. I got a testimony up in here. Hey, hallelujah. Anyhow. Thank you, Lord. I've accepted what God has already established. I hope you have. What does 2 Chronicles 29, 15, and 16 tell us in the NCV, the New Century Version? Hezekiah had a revival, and he was a good reformer up to a point. Isn't it like man to have some kind of proclivity that's yet uh, a spot in their garment of holiness? And God needs to take that spot and cleanse it. 
and Hezekiah had some issues there, and God had to call him out and tell him about it. And he said, well, at least it won't happen in my lifetime. Isn't that something? Uh, I, I was loving him till he said that. My God, my God. So uh, about 675 years after Joshua, we, we find Hezekiah having a revival. Uh, Joshua had a revival and a renewal. But let's look in Second Chronicles at what happened with Hezekiah. These Levites gathered their brothers together and made themselves holy. See, they weren't holy. They had to make themselves holy. Look, they had to get right for service in the temple. Then they went into the temple of the Lord to purify it. Isn't it like us today to come in the temple unpurified and, and stankifying the house? But God wants us to be sanctified, not stankified. Amen. They obeyed the king's command that had come from the Lord. When the priests entered into the temple of the Lord to purify it, they took out all the unclean things they found in the temple of the Lord and put them in the temple courtyard. Then the Levites took these things out to the Kidron Valley. See, they had a, uh, a relay right there. The priest took it out of the house, put it in the courtyard. Then the Levites was able to take it out of the courtyard and take it over to the Kidron Valley where the brook was. Now, swiftly to John 18, verse 1, we will see that the Kidron, is, it, it's a place of loyalty at the cost of betrayal. It's a place of life at the cost of death. It's a place of triumph at the cost of shame. It's a place of healing at the cost of pain. Jesus took that walk through the Kidron Valley, my God, over where the brook was, and we got to take a walk there too. We got to go there, oh God, because we're going to be betrayed sometimes, especially trying to walk a holy walk. Amen. There's loyalty in God, but folks are going to betray you because of that. That's a price. A place of life at the cost of death. You know, uh, Colossians said we are uh, dead in our sin, but alive in Jesus, right? We had to, to kill something. One, one uh, Christian blogger, I read a uh, report that he uh, written, that had written for the web years ago. He said he had a mock um, uh, a grave stone in his backyard. And people like, you got a grave in, in a suburban backyard? What is that? He said, that's my old self. That's what I used to be. Now what you see standing before you is the new man. Hey, God created a clean new man. I put all the old stuff in the dust back there. Amen. And I'm moving forward in Jesus' name. Something's got to die. My God. Hey, there's a price. And the Kidron is a place of triumph at the cost of shame. You know, Jesus, amen, withstood the pain and the shame and went on ahead and did what he's supposed to do and said, it is finished. He did what he was supposed to do for us. There's going to be a triumph, but sometimes you go through a shameful thing. But Jesus said, the uh, world is not your friend. It wasn't my friend. It's not going to be your friend. They're going to try to shame you. And he told us that ahead of time. Blessed are the persecuted. They're going to be what? Able to see God. Isn't that great? There's a, there's a price for triumph. 
Ah, and, and it, um, the Kidron is also a place of healing the cost of pain. We go through pain sometimes, but you know, God can heal us. Jehovah Rapha, he can heal. Hallelujah. I thank God not so much for the bodily healing, but my inner core, my emotions, my psychology, who I am on the inside. God had to do some healing, deliverance, and protection and maintenance to keep me going. Amen. Should have been tied up, tangled up in a nut house somewhere. My God, arms all behind me with a white thing on, white robe that, that keeps you locked up. But God said, no, I'm going to, amen, give you a new mind, creating me a clean heart, renew a right spirit within me. That's what God did for me. He did it for me. He could do it for you. Now, God gives a pastoral charge to our church, the realm of, realm of agape Christian church. We used, to be, we used to just be realm of agape church. God said, put Christian in there because people are getting confused. I said, yes, sir. Realm of agape Christian church. Jesus wants to renew our license. What kind of license? An incense license. Yes. What is incense? Uh, God gave us incense, which is a picture of prayerfulness in the Old Testament, an aromatic substance burned to produce a pleasant odor. Prayer does that. We should have a prayerful life, and it goes up emanating into the nostrils of God. God should have a nice, clean smell going in his nostrils. Amen. Because we should get to the part of the prayer that says, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. I submit once again to your will. This is a new day. We have to make a new declaration. I want, will, rejoice, and be glad in it, Lord. It's your day, not my day, your day. Then there will be less Christian men trying to uh, promote to shake it up baby downtown, making it rain in the red light district. My God. And there won't be women telling amen, love would have brought you, you know what, back home last night. Thank God we won't have to have such things. If we had prayerfulness, we need a, a good license of holy revival too, God is saying that. Uh, it's an official or legal permission to do something, to own something, or even to deviate from a specified thing. God wants us to deviate from worldliness. Isn't that great? 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 17 in the New Century Version lets us know about how we can only have victory through Christ. It says, but thanks be to God who always leads us in victory through Christ. God uses us to spread his knowledge everywhere like a sweet-smelling perfume. Our offering to God is this. We are the sweet smell of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are being lost. To those who are lost, we are the smell of death that brings death. They don't want nothing to do with us because they want to keep going where they're going. But to those who are being saved, we are the smell of life that brings life. So who is able to do this work? We do not sell the word of God for a profit as many other people do. But in Christ, we speak the truth before God as messengers of God. Now I'm going to present to you some things, things we could do to bring back authentic faith in this earth. Who's to blame for, so, for how so many souls today, churches today, leaders in churches today, in so-called modern evangelical churches, uh, who's to blame for how they practice our modern-day Christian faith? 
Perhaps only pastors are to blame, or maybe the people are to blame. But what about Satan? Or maybe, as some would even dare to name God, but we cannot blame God when it is everyone else that has trespassed against his divine purpose. So it must be a problem that has developed in a collective sense, one in which everyone else shares the blame. Thankfully, however, the problem has a solution. Amen. The solution is one in which we all must participate. Church and ministry leaders, as well as all supportive workers in the house, must work together to develop and maintain authentic faith by doing the following four acts of holy faith, and then we'll be done. Number one, we got to serve from a genuine biblical faith, not because of the fear of man. When pastors and ministry uh, leadership build a privacy fence around themselves, they tend to conduct their ministry out of fear. Fear that someone's going to see what they're doing behind them closed doors that they shouldn't be doing. That's one way to think about it. My God. They're often afraid of what people will think if they somehow let go to be in God's authoritative will for a moment. You know, uh, especially if you establish your church in faulty theology. And all of a sudden you're trying to step out of it. They're going to be like, well, pastor, yesterday we were able to do this and that and the other thing. What's up? Oh, you done changed. Oh, oh, I'm going I'm gonna, I'm gonna to incite a riot up in here. There's going to be mutiny. I'm going to leave with all of the 50,000 people that I brought in here. My God, they're scared of that. So instead of fear-driven activity, all Christian workers should reconnect with holy faith a far more reliable and eternally acceptable engine of ministry. This church runs on that engine. Amen. And few be there that find it. Amen. It's a narrow way. Few there what be that, that find it. My God, we had some come and we had some go. Some held on for like a decade thinking we're going to change. They saw me not deviate to the left or to the right. And they were like, bye-bye. My God, my God. But I'm not going to change because God said, I am God, and I what? Change not. Amen. We need four acts of holy faith. Here's the second one. Admit your faults. Do not hide them. I've been up here in this pulpit time and time again, admitting this and that, letting people see all my dirty laundry. Amen. All of us have faults. My God. My God. But if I had a big enough fault, I'd step down. Amen. My God, my God, even pastors have faults. Church members and leadership should not feel like they have to hide their faults, especially first family and their kids. My God, they're held to a high standard while everybody else is flip-flop, fly, don't care if they die. Wow, that's something. Now, the effort to hide just one fault can lead to one's attempt to hide all kinds of other potential faults. And they're going to try to change the word to support how they're hiding this and that. All faults are concealed. And guess what? A dichotomy between one's public persona is established from the true private self uh, is, is being developed when that happens. So you have two selves. You're compartmentalizing. But God said we ought not have a double mind. Isn't that right? We're going to be unstable in all our ways. 
So eventually, if you keep going with that, guess what? A stronghold will be established. Hypocrisy hinders the move of God's spirit in the house. A prayerful, spiritually mature, and honest ministry of counsel can cause deliverance and healing. And there are people spiritual and mature enough to handle hearing and not blabbing it all across town. They will close the door and pray that demon out of you and flush it down in the, in the office toilet and come, you could come out clean on the other side and nobody know. They'll see the difference. Something new, a new anointing goes on, Pastor. Woo-hoo. My God, my God. But so many leaders in the church, sometimes deacons and whoever else, have come in the house, uh, crept in unawares. They look like they got the good facade on and all that. But inside, oh, my God, Jesus called them a, a, a whited wall. In other words, you got a dirty thing, but you put white paint on it. He, say, he called them sepulchers. They're like walking graves. And they're going to do damage to folk. And churches need cameras everywhere now. Lest the d dirty deacon take somebody in the dungeon and try to do some damage. Ah, uh, but the devil is a liar. No, no, no. I take, I'm going to take fingerprints, blood samples, Google you. As a matter of fact, give me your credit report. Yes, sir. No, no, no. You want to teach children? Oh, I'm bonded. Well, I, I taught 30 years so far in North Babylon. I, I, they got my records down at the precinct. All oh, my fingers. Uh, in the precinct. Amen. I think they got my toes too. I can't remember, but it's probably there. But I'm just saying, so the church is not going to do that? No, God said what? Watch and pray. Yeah, you praying, but you better watch too. Give me your go. I'm going to Google you. Yes, Lord. I know your blood type. I know everything. Thank God. You ain't going to go in the dungeon with some of these little damsels. No. And do what do damage. Lucy, I don't want that bad testimony. I got hurt in the church. No, you got hurt in a church building. Jesus' church wouldn't hurt you. If you was really in the real house of the Lord, I mean the people that have been born again, that house, the new blood, you wouldn't get hurt, baby. No, no, no. That's how we roll in here. Everybody need to be scrutinized by the counsels of the most high God. Hallelujah, anyhow. Number three, we need to express weakness. Express it. People like, shh, hide that. Shh. I say, shh. I am strong. I've always been. I am the man. They're just weak as water. We need to express our weaknesses and stop covering it up, covering it up with busy activity. Some folks are so busy doing all kinds of ministries. They have church 24-7, 365. Oh, there's never a day off. We need to watch that. You come up in here and you a minister and everything, and, and you haven't taken a vacation with your wife and your kids. I'm gonna be like, step in the office right quick. When the last time? What? Ten years? No. Here, take your family. Go take a month off or whatever. I, I want to be able to do such things because people need to have a close knit family, and the devil shouldn't be having a room up in your house. Amen. We need to get our homes right. Amen. We need to get our families right. This church used to have the motto where church is a family affair. It still is. But people got misconstrued. They thought it was some show on TV. I said, no. We think holistically. Heart, mind, body, soul, spirit, and all your substance, too. Thank God. You got, you got streaming going on in all your apps. Let's sanctify them. 
Amen? Thank God. We need to express our weakness. Often when we feel weak, we attempt to mask the weakness with a flurry of activity. Overly zealous Christian service is sometimes the opiate of an empty spiritual life. Haphazard activities for Jesus are attempts at times to cover underlying weaknesses. But we should shed light on our weaknesses and allow the Lord's glory to come in to strengthen us out of them by his glorious delivering power. And 2 Corinthians 11.30 is a backup for that. 2 Corinthians 12.9 is also a backup for that. It is possible to derive a false sense of Christian strength when one denies their weaknesses, uh, filling the gaps in the valley of uh, their soul with a host of feel-good Christian duties. I'm good, you're good, we're all good. But if you keep going like that, my wife was inspired by the Holy Ghost to write a song where God says what? Depart from me. I know you not. Ye what? Worker of iniquity. You don't want to be found like that. God wants to take our weaknesses away. We should have dirty altars up here, bloody, dirty, well, full of uh, what used to be in us. Now we're clean. Amen. We, we, we got too cute in church. Uh, uh, that's ugly. We don't want to say sin in, in the house. Let's let everybody feel good. Come in feeling good. Here's a bagel. Here's some coffee. Feel good. Are you comfortable? Here's a softer seat. Oh, come on in. Let's have fun in the Lord. Let's come as we are and stay as we are. You are what God made you. You be the best you. Stop it. We need to let God arise and all enemies, them demons in your spirit, be scattered. Amen. Matter of fact, we need to bring back uh, a, a casting out demons. When the last time you heard somebody had a demon cast out? Is that on Facebook? Let me look. Everybody's smiling. Look at that. Oh, my God. They're having a good time. Oh, bowling, doing all kind of stuff, golf, all kind of stuff. At the Wailing Wall, showing off. Oh, wow. All kind of stuff going on. Ain't nobody casting out demons. I'm sorry, my, my father's old anointing from back in Georgia is coming out. Y'all heard, ain't no, ain't no. Uh, yes, sir. A ain't nobody casting out demons. I saw my father cast a demon out after Bible study down in Florida in the Baptist church. Yeah, Baptist people got the Holy Ghost. So he got down on the knee with the other deacon. They were Holy Ghost deacons. And the girl was playing in the, in the, in the, in the prayer, playing in the back with the youth, so passing out notes and chewing gum. Stop smacking that gum. My God. Passing notes, playing. <laughs> and the pastor up there casting a demon out and it sound like a thousand hoofs coming out and i'm like holding on i ain't know how to pray that good i hold the bible i say protect me lord protect me i love you jesus i love you Je and jesus said i saw you mean not that deep in your theology but i feel you and everybody back there playing look at he's a mama boy he over there all serious and the one picking on me got the demon in them he passed by me. He said, oh, he liked Jesus too much out of here. Boom. Yeah, go that way. Get there behind me, Satan. Amen. And he went in the other girl. And she went out there in the nighttime on the sidewalk, writhing like a snake on the ground and foaming and everything. And they were like, oh, my God, what's going on? He said, my father said, it's a demon. Oh, he's coming out today. You coming out today, boy. My father had that anointing. He was, ooh-wee, you don't mess with that. Hey, hallelujah. He got the other one there. They prayed. Blood, the counsel of Jesus be against you. Come out of that girl. He, she said, ah, and it came out. And she stood up like nothing happened. Everything all right? What y'all doing? Huh? Wow. 
Isn't that something? We don't want these demons. Amen. So why would we, amen, tolerate this weakness and allow the demon to be all comfortable in church? The devil's comfortable in church, comfortable in our lives. He's sitting up on a lazy boy chair. Isn't this good? Uh-huh. We don't have to go to no prayer, right? Mm-hmm. That's too much church. My God, my God. And we, 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 we're not going to be able to bind the devil. But the devil going to be like, bind the devil. I'm your friend. You can't cast me out. We buddies. That's why there's no what? Casting out of demons. Folks need to be delivered when they get to church. It's like the spiritual hospital of God. Folks come in one way, they come out better, clean on the other side. Hey, we should see folks sobering up when they step in the threshold of the house. Sober up. Hallelujah. Hot honey is going to zip it up, amen, and pull it down. Hallelujah. Not all the way down, but enough to cover that. Amen. And we're going to see folk get healed. That's what we want. I want to live right so I can see the power of God do it. Amen. And as a matter of fact, sometimes we don't see it because sometimes there's not enough faith in the house. But I got enough faith. Amen. I've seen people come in here one way and leave clean on the other side. Mind made right. Amen. Go home and throw away every demonic thing. My God, my God, we got to learn how to get there. God wants to fill the gap in our soul with goodness of the Holy Ghost. See, every worker in the church is prone to this danger. But the enemy strategically goes after leaders in an effort to scatter the sheep, scatter the good members. My God, he'll go after that leader. Say, if I could get there, I'll scatter the other. My God, here's number four. We've done. We got to expose brokenness. Uh, do not put up a front of holiness. Another thing my dad used to hate. He said, folk in church got a facade. They're just, just fakers. They're just full of emotions. Dancing around and then leave out more hoarse than they came in. My, my father was like that, that old-fashioned anointing. Christians are broken people. Psalm 51, 17. You heard the song I played earlier. Our sacrifice is supposed to be what? A broken spirit. Here, Lord, here's a broken spirit. Here's a contrite heart. Isn't that an uneven exchange? Look what he's giving us. Oh, God, freedom to worship him in the glory of holiness, in the beauty of holiness. Ah, oh, God says, take those, uh, those demonic, uh, uh, ju- that, that demonic jewelry off. He said it was a bracelet. No, those are handcuffs. He said there's ankle bracelets. No, that's a weight, a ball and chain around your ankle. My God. And, and God has to free us of that. Amen. The demonic yoke of bondage. He takes that off and puts on you a heavenly yoke. And Jesus is doing most of the work. Isn't that great? My God, my God. We got to expose brokenness, though, to have the blessing of God. Brokenness is the posture of repentance. People have taken repentance out of the equation these days. Hence, there's going to be broken people who are going to stay broken. But brokenness is surrender. They, they, they want to stay broken and not call out that they're broken. They, they act like they're glad. Glad to be broken in the service one more time. I was glad when they said, go into the, the social club. That's what we, they really need to call it. They need, the, they need a different Bible. I was glad when they said, well, let's go to the what? House of the Lord. But some of them need to say a house of ill repute because they are doing all kind of things. 
Even pastors come in broken and leave broken. They need to model that, yes, I'm broken, but I want to be uh, repentant of these, these maladies in my persona. I want them rid of. I got to go down to the Kidron Valley and burn the idols. My God, break them apart and burn them. That's what they did down there. Amen. Brokenness is not some cowering, retreating, slithering show of inferiority. That's what people like to call it. Brokenness is confidence and humility in the face of, a, of an infinite God. It's what? Good courage. Amen? When we expect uh, 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 a show of holiness from the pastor, Sometimes we put them on a, on a pedestal, but, oh, they better not show any sign of brokenness and weakness at all. Oh, I'm leaving out of here. But you know what? I like that song from Walter Hawkins, Follow Me as well. I would follow Christ. Amen? We got to do like that's Paul's scripture. Amen. If I'm following Christ, come on, let's do it. If I'm not, you better pray heat, pray heat, pray heat. Amen? My God, and if the demon don't go out, you better find somebody that could get it out. Amen. Let's get it right up in here. People who are spiritual can help folk get right and not blast it all out of t all across the, uh, the media. And folks will be right, and they don't, they're not even trying to get it in the headline. Oh, I made them right. Yes, I did. I prayed the demon out of them. It was I. It was I. It's not about that. Thank God. Pray in secret, and God will reward you openly. Amen. Uh, but when we want pastors to just be so brilliant and flawless as though they're Christ. We set them up, him or her up, for hiding their personal life and putting on a public show, a public self. And then they go out to the private sinfulness. My God. All of this requires humility on the part of a pastor. It requires patience and love on the part of the people. This requires a supportive leadership team who themselves are free to be open, broken, authentic, and real. We need realness in here. If you're willing to be real, come on board. We are glad to have you. We want people who are whole, restored, hopeful, and joyous. God will make it like that. We didn't come in here to play. We came here to pray. If you're ready to pray, let's go. Hallelujah. Oh, my God. We can't have hopefulness and joy unspeakable full of glory uh, when we're living two lives. No, this can't happen in our assemblies unless... Uh, we intentionally love our leaders enough to let them serve in authenticity. We got to let them do it. Uh, we live in a community of faith. None of us, not even pastors, should be looked to as infallible pillars of strength. Jesus is supposed to be that. Amen. And we pray that they keep going in faith. Amen. As a community of faith, we place our faith in God, not our leaders. Let us keep looking to who? Jesus, the author and finisher, what, of our faith. Another way to say it is the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God in Hebrews 12. Let's conclude with this before we pray. Our personal and, and, and also corporate ministry as a church, as a whole, must be two quick things. We already said them. But when you preach, you're supposed to tell them what you're going to tell them. Tell them and then tell them what you already told them. Amen. <laughs> Thank God. So one, you got to be transparent. You got to be honest. Not giving yourself over to getting rich. It's all about that. 
when we could have a conference about getting rich, we'll pack this up. Oh boy, we'll have well, 20 different sessions, folks crying for more. See, but you, you don't have to look for riches. We're supposed to what? Concentrate on the what? Kingdom of heaven and it's what? Righteousness. We just stop at the kingdom of heaven. We forget about the righteousness part. That's too much holiness up in here. Stop it. We don't need all of that. That's what people are saying today. My God, we need to be transparent. We also uh, need to um, seek God's face. Our ministry, our work, our giftings should come from God, not from our innate sinfulness the way we were born. God has to come in and incorporate the gifts of his spirit into, our, in the, into the core of our being. And then he enables us to speak his words. Didn't the Holy Spirit say what Jesus told him to say? Didn't Jesus say what the Heavenly Father told him to say? Amen. That's how we got to be. We got to what? Speak God's words. Don't misquote God and don't say things God didn't say. Quoting the Swiss cheese version is not a good order of the day. We don't preach from the Swiss cheese version. Why? It's full of holes. And we don't preach from the Limburger cheese version either. Why? It's a stench in God's nostrils. Thank God. We got to speak God's words, not the words of our cultural correctness, not our subcultural traditions. None of that. We got to what? Speak from the very counsels and oracles of God. Hallelujah. As we are praying. Thank God. Father God, may we ever burn the holy oil that comes from the eternal reservoir of Christ Jesus in the sanctuary of our hearts. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. With thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary, Lord, for you. Hallelujah, God. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you. Thank you.